Good morning. The reading this morning is found in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God and care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax gatherer. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus, to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to let the children. But Jesus called the children to him and said, "Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these." I tell you the truth: anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Amen. Thank you, John. Good morning. Welcome. Let me add my welcome to the one that you've already received. It's lovely to see you all here this morning. We're continuing a series in our morning services looking at some of the parables that Jesus told as recorded for us by Luke. And this morning we come to uh, a little trilogy, if you like. If you were walking along a road, you would almost certainly not give a moment's thought to a tiny little stone. You wouldn't see it probably. However, if that tiny little stone works its way into your shoe, you will pay an awful lot of attention to it. 
And that's kind of what's happening in the parables that we're exploring today. The apparently insignificant actually turns out to be the thing that we ought to pay attention to. Now, what we've seen in many of the parables, and as we know from looking at Jesus' life, is that he saw those who were apparently insignificant in a way that many others have failed to do throughout history. He didn't just notice them, he saw them. He saw their inherent value. So it's no surprise that he makes two of them the heroes of the parables that we're looking at. A widow who, in those days, would have had no one to protect her. Who relied on the judge to give her justice, but to the judge she just didn't matter. And the tax collector, someone who was despised as a collaborator with the occupying Roman army, recognised probably as a thief lining his own pockets. To everyone else, they didn't matter, but to Jesus, they mattered. And it may be that this morning you think of yourself as an insignificant person, overlooked, not up to much. Maybe you even have a low sense of self-esteem. If that's the case, listen hard to how Jesus rates these sorts of people, including you. The passage that was read begins with the word then. In Luke's gospel, that means it links to the preceding passage, where Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God, where God's rule is acknowledged, where he's king of people's lives. And he was saying that the kingdom of God is here already, if you're looking out for it. And he gave reminders that we should be looking for signs of the kingdom of God, a reminder that one day God will put everything right. And in that context, Luke tells us about the widow who wanted justice. And he tells us the point of the parable, even before he tells us the parable, which is unusual for him. He says, always pray and don't give up. That's the purpose of the parable. Keep on praying in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. The parable about the widow is partly to remind us to pray that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done here and now, as well as at the end of things and in heaven. In his parables, Jesus sometimes presents us with a caricature of God and uses it as a contrast to how God really is. And that's what's happening here. The judge is unjust, we're told that. He's reluctant to act. He didn't care what people thought about him. And this woman had to pester him and even get to the point where, if you read other translations, it's not that she was going to wear him out. She was actually going to attack him. The judge feared a good handbagging from her. And that's why he gave her her justice. And the point Jesus is making here is that If the judge will grant the woman justice just to get rid of her, and because he was scared of her, how much more can we be confident that God answers our prayers? Unlike that judge, God wants to see justice for those who are crying out to him. 
He won't put those things off indefinitely. And yet, if we're honest, sometimes we wait. Why? Well, we don't fully understand why. Why it is that sometimes he doesn't act as quickly as we want. But let me give you a few ideas. One of the things we see regularly is that God wants to use us to answer prayers, not only our own prayers, but the prayers of others. And when people are pleading for justice, if we are not listening, if we remain inactive, that might be why the prayers have gone unanswered. Not because God isn't listening, but because we're not listening to him. When some people are praying persistently for food and we have more than enough, there's a challenge for us to be part of the answer. And if we're not listening, they go hungry. When some people are praying persistently for protection from bullies and we have freedom, there's a challenge for us to be part of the answer and act on their behalf. Do you remember when Jesus and his followers had a massive crowd of people in front of them. The crowd was hungry, and the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we've got a problem here. They're hungry. We can't feed them. But Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. Often when there is need, he says to us, you are part of the answer. Sometimes people have to be persistent in their praying, not because God isn't listening, but because his people aren't listening. Is it possible that we can be as indifferent to injustice as that judge? I think also we need to recognize that sometimes we in our praying have to be persistent in order that we are shaped by our praying so that we move from my will be done to thy will be done. If you're banging on a locked door and it's not being opened, maybe that's because you're banging on the wrong door. Divine justice doesn't always look like the way we think it should. God's answers aren't always the ones that we're looking for. You only have to look at the cross of Jesus to see that God does things so differently. What looked like defeat actually turned out to be victory. The greatest injustice turned out to be the means by which God's justice is fulfilled. And think thirdly, when we are praying persistently, it's because it matters to us. It's not to show God how much it matters to us. He already knows that. But it's actually to encourage ourselves. I like to perform magic tricks, and I practice them a lot. Not because I want to show everyone else how much I practice, but actually to give myself confidence in my performing. And sometimes in our praying, we pray actually for ourselves persistently to give ourselves a sense of yeah, this is really important. This matters. The widow wanted mercy, and Jesus told the parable to say that we should pray and never give up. 
And then there's that tax collector. Now, just as he gave us the explanation of the meaning of the parable of the persistent widow, Luke also tells us why Jesus told this parable. It's to shine a light on those who are self-righteous and those who look down on other people. Something Jesus often seemed to do. Now, the Pharisees were supposed to have been the goodies. The Pharisees were supposed to have been the people that everyone should look up to. They were people who, in their passion, wanted to ensure that Israel was keeping God's laws. And through extreme religious observance, they believed that they were doing what God wanted. But Jesus often had to point out that this passion had turned into a sort of religious smug superiority. They saw themselves as the religious elite. And Jesus punctured their inflated egos. Now, he's not subtle in how he frames this parable, is he? Contrasting the two prayers. The Pharisee's prayer is all about how he is not as bad as everybody else especially that tax collector. You can almost hear him spitting those words out. But not only that, he's actually ultra-righteous because the Old Testament law said you should fast once a week. He fasts twice a week. And he gives 10% of everything. He wanted everyone to know as well. This wasn't a prayer to God. It was a performance for those around him. He's almost saying that God owes him because God's so lucky to have him. He would probably ride a loud motorbike. God's really fortunate to have such a marvellous person on his side. And he wanted everybody else to know it. He was praying to the onlookers, not to his heavenly father. And then you contrast that with the tax collector, who, by contrast, is humble and saying, have mercy on me, a sinner. He can't even look up. Have mercy on me, a sinner. He recognizes that he's fallen short of God's standards and needs God's mercy. And actually, have mercy on me doesn't explain all that was going on there. He was at the temple and regularly sacrifices were offered in the temple to ask God to forgive the people. The tax collector was pleading with God that he would accept those sacrifices offered on his behalf. That God wouldn't hold his sin against him. That God would hold back his anger. And the New Testament shows us how, actually, when Jesus died on the cross, that was the final, the ultimate, once and for all, sacrifice that all other sacrifices pointed towards. It's ultimately the sacrifice that God accepts on our behalf to forgive our sin. This tax collector recognizes he was totally dependent on God and his grace for his forgiveness. And this was quite an unusual thing to hear in those days, because in those days the perceived wisdom was that God has a set of scales in heaven. 
And if you can do enough good works and sin less than other people, if you're religious enough, God will accept you. And I think that's a prevailing view that, uh, for a lot of people today that think that, well, if I just do enough good things and don't do as many bad things, God will let me in. But Jesus is clear that it's the grace of God that makes us acceptable to him. When we come head bowed into God's presence asking for forgiveness, that's the prayer he hears and answers. And that would have been shocking to those listening they would have assumed that the Pharisee, through his religious observance, was the one who got a big tick from God. And the tax collector would have been sent away packing. And if you've been listening to or been part of our series as we've gone along, you'll see a lot of resonance with some of the themes that have already come up from us in Jesus' parables. And it's not surprising since he told them all. Previous stories have warned us about putting other things before God. The rich fool, the rude guest who decided not to come to the party, even the pride of the older brother in the prodigal son. Don't put yourself or other things before God. God's not keeping score. He hasn't got a tally mark for the number of prayer meetings you've attended or the number of days consecutively that you've read your Bible or the amount that you put in the offering. Not that those things are bad, but they're not going to earn a place in the kingdom of God. Heaven help us if we ever come to worship God like the Pharisee rather than the tax collector. God will forgive when we seek him. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, God does forgive. And even if we have had Pharisee-like attitudes, we only have to humbly ask that God will have mercy on us and he will forgive us. It's not about being good enough for God. Quite a number of times I've spoken with people in the past who've told me that they just don't feel good enough to become a Christian or they don't feel good enough to be baptised. Well, because of God's mercy and love for us, he wants to tell each one of us that in his sight you matter. You are more than worthy. He has made you good enough. final section of the passage that we're looking at this morning isn't a story that Jesus made up, but it is a kind of a parable because Jesus takes a lesson from what has happened. As so often seems to have happened, his followers completely missed the point. Jesus has just been talking about how those who apparently are insignificant matter and it's almost in Luke's narrative as if it's as Jesus is speaking Parents are trying to bring their children to Jesus and the disciples are busy pushing them away. Shh, Jesus is teaching. He's saying some really important things. Stop the babies crying. Jesus is too busy for you anyway. He's too important to bother with you and your babies. 
He's got other things on his mind. He won't want to see you. And you haven't got an appointment anyway. You don't matter. But as you read the passage, it's as if Luke tells us that Jesus stops his teaching when he sees what's going on and instead calls the children to him. Jesus wanted to see them, to bless them. They mattered. You matter. Remember the context in which all of this happened? Jesus had been teaching about the kingdom of God and how it was there, within reach, right there in their presence. And now he comes full circle and talks again about the kingdom of God. And he says it belongs to such as these little children. And unless you're prepared to receive it like a little child, you'll never be part of it. What are children and babies like? Well, like the widow, they're persistent until they get their needs met. They're dependent on others, just as we're dependent on God's grace to be part of the kingdom. They're helpless on their own, just as we can't do anything to boost our chances with God other than to call out to him for mercy. There's so much potential for growth in them. And Jesus wants all of us to be continually growing in our faith. Children are going to learn so much as they grow, and Jesus wants us to learn and to grow. Be like a child, Jesus says. Receive the kingdom of God like them. How childlike are we in our faith? The Pharisees made it complicated with rules and regulations. And Jesus says, just come and ask for God's mercy. That's a childlike faith. Not childish, and we all know we can get childish, but childlike. Are we persistent in our praying in the way that children are? persistent for their needs to be met, praying that the kingdom of God will come on earth as it is in heaven? Do we acknowledge our total dependence on God, on his grace? Do we recognize our need for his mercy if we're going to be part of his kingdom? Do we want to grow in our faith? Are we willing to learn from Jesus? That's a childlike But as we close, let's notice that Jesus says we have to receive the kingdom of God like a child. What does that mean? Well, offer a child an ice cream, you'll get the idea. When they're offered something good, they respond eagerly, they embrace it. They're ready to receive a gift It's not a chore. It's not something they have to work hard at. They simply say, yes, please. Are we ready to receive God's kingdom like that? Let's pray together. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, for those who maybe are here or are known to us who have been told that they don't matter or have that opinion of themselves. 
Lord, I pray your blessing on them. Help them to know how much they matter to you. That you love them unconditionally and without reserve. Help us to demonstrate that love and that inclusive love. The love that knows no bounds. Forgive us if we are ever those who push people away from you. We pray too that you will help us as we pray to pray persistently. But help us too to recognize that sometimes others are needing to cry out for justice because we have been indifferent. Lord, help us to listen to you to your values, and to respond with all the gifts that you have given us. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, who looked out for the small, the marginalized, the insignificant, and raised them up. May we go and do likewise. Amen.